0: Hello and welcome. My name is Peace Mitchell and I'm co-founder of Osmontpreneur Women Changing the World Press and the Women's Business School. Before we begin the show today I'd like to pay my respects to the traditional owners of the land that I work and live on, the Mamu people of North Queensland and I would like to acknowledge traditional owners and elders past, present and emerging right across Australia. Welcome to the Best and Brightest Show. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Davina Borrow jones also known as the Mumpreneur Lawyer. Hi, Davina. How are you?
1: Hi, Pace. I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me on today.
0: Oh, it's wonderful to have you here, Davina. Now, Davina, for people who haven't met you before, I'd love you to introduce yourself and tell us about who you are and the work that you do.
1: So uh, my name's Davina. Obviously, um, I'm the founder and solicited director at the Mumpreneur Lawyer, um, and I'm mum of one, uh, one gorgeous four-year-old. Um, I am um, obviously a lawyer and entrepreneur of three years. So yeah.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Now, (laughs) Davina, what inspired you to become the mumpreneur lawyer? What was it about this niche that really captured your heart and and made it be the thing that you wanted to do?
1: So, um, I sort of have had quite a long journey in law. I, um, uh, when I was at school I was quite um enamored by shows like Ali McBeal and it seemed quite glamorous to to um to go into law and and be in these sort of corporate offices Um, I eventually did um study law and I got involved in studying topics like e-commerce and intellectual property um and outsourcing Um, but this was sort of 15, 16, 17 years ago now. So uh, these were quite cutting edge topics at the time. Uh, I then went overseas and and worked for a US law firm. And I really sort of, I don't know, I really loved, loved doing what I was doing. But I also um, felt the stretch. So uh, many lawyers know that your time sort of tends not to be your own it gets um you get more and more engaged in the sort of corporate culture and working longer and longer hours so after a few years of corporate i just i'd had enough um i was also diagnosed bipolar so looking after my mental health became really really important um, not that it isn't for everyone but it was especially important for me to look after look after it there is still a lot of stigma attached to to mental illness particularly in, in corporate so um i did actually keep it to myself but i knew that Um, I really enjoyed the intellectual challenge of the law and I knew I was good at what I did. Mm. So um, I went to work for a small general practice and that was where I could really work with small businesses and I saw their passion for what they did and I just saw this new um, sort of meaning behind my work uh, when I was really client and facing and engaged in businesses particularly in the early days but one of the things that kept on um standing out for me was that people were seeing me when things were going wrong in their businesses and um particularly women and and mums would sort of they'd kind of just tick along and hope that everything went okay and sometimes it would, but sometimes it really wouldn't. So they'd be on the back foot and we'd end up in litigation. Uh they'd have to organise appointments between nine to five. Sometimes the kids were coming along. And I mean it's hard enough to understand legal issues when you're entirely focused, but when you've got kids in the background doing a um incessant mummy, 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 it's it's really difficult. So, um, so it was hard. It was really hard for mums running their own businesses. Um, and I wanted to set up something that would enable them to be proactive, so that they didn't have to um, worry about excessive costs or um, you know, hard hard to get to appointments and that sort of thing. So, that inspired me to to start the Mum Printer Lawyer. At first I was really, really hoping um, to serve mumpreneurs and mums or mums in in business, and that inspired me. But as I went along more and more, I found myself also being more entrepreneurial. So I thought, okay, that's that's all right if I'm also the mumpreneur.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. And Davina, there's quite a... uh... A repertoire of things that you do, what are some of the services that you provide for for mums who are starting businesses or running businesses?
1: Yeah, so at the early days, you're really looking at things like business structure. You want to make sure that that is correct. Um, you know, perhaps you start out as a sole trader, but uh, then you get someone else involved and you haven't really tidied up how that relationship is going to work. Maybe. know you want to set up a company together or maybe you need a a formal partnership in place and they're the sorts of things that i i do sort of at at the startup phase Um, sometimes people get are getting investors in really early on so it might be assistance with that the other things are you know when we're setting up we might need terms with clients, so or our customers, and it's really important to set the scene um, so that you take control of the way you want to work. Because if you are happy with the way you're working and it's working smoothly, you're much more likely to be successful. And if you've covered off on the kind of legal risks that could occur, um, you, you just it helps have you back um, at the beginning. So that relationship with the clients and customers is so important to formalize in a in a legally binding document then of course um, everything under the sun you know you might get an employee coming on board contractors you might want to protect your branding of course particularly as we grow um, and we're in the online space that's where the value lies in our intellectual properties so copyright of our course or membership materials they're all really important things to look at protecting
0: that's That's a very broad overview yeah and i'm just wondering what's your favorite area to do is it trademarks and ip is it writing contracts is it yeah which area is your favorite Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: that's a really good question i don't think anyone's asked me that before um i really do love drafting like i like sort of trying to get to the bottom of the the person who's going to read it is going to understand it but you know it's also going to protect from a legal point of view what's the judge going to think if this comes before the court are they going to make you know, sense of it. Have we covered every area of risk we can possibly think of? So yeah, I think it's drafting, even though that sounds like it might be a bit dull. <laughs> um, I also like writing in general, though. You know, sort of yeah. um, taking holidays and writing about, you know, the crazy stuff my son does, or that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's the writing that you love, and um, I and I guess drafting those documents and ensuring that it's clear and understandable but also legally binding. I guess that's quite an art. It's a skill to be able to do that. It
1: is, and it's not something you learn overnight and it's something you keep learning and keep tweaking. I mean, there's, you know, um, endless improvement because it's a form of communication and we know how one message from one person is... They think they've said one thing, and then the message just <laughs> goes across, and the next person's brain, you know, enters into there. They, they interpret it in this way, and just communication itself is um, is always always a challenge. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so you talked about your journey with bipolar uh, earlier. I'd love to talk about mental health and burnout because. I know that it's it's a real area for people in the legal industry, that whole hustle culture and overworking and, and all of that. But it's also a real challenge for entrepreneurs and especially mumpreneurs who are then also juggling not just their business but also raising young children and all of that. Can you talk to us about about caring for your mental health and what that looks like in a practical sense?
1: Yeah. So this might be bit confronting for some people, but I really do think you need to take responsibility for your own mental health. And I didn't really realize that at first. I sort of thought, well, why can't people tell me if I'm looking depressed or why can't people sort of um, shake me and say, hey, Davina, it's okay, or or what have you. Mm -hmm. But when I realized that I'm the only one who knows the thoughts and the thought processes that are actually going through my mind and that I have control of those and I can observe them constantly and really um, direct them, then I was like, oh, I get it, <laughs> I get it, um, I have to be in the moment. I mean, sometimes many women would relate to this and I sort of come home and I'm like, oh my goodness you know there's so much crap under the house and why can't my partner have cleaned that up or why couldn't they do some weeding and then I'm kind of like you know go on this spiral that's like oh you know he's so annoying <laughs> I don't think he'd mind me too much saying that um, because then I start thinking about what I'm thinking and going well hang on hang on he's been working like really hard um it was me who had free time last weekend to do the waiting and most of that junk under the house is actually mine (laughs) (laughs) and um, i'm the one who should really be cleaning it out so um you know it's about sort of you know when you see loops or um patterns going on in your mind just checking back like being aware of that Mm -hmm. checking back in and sort of questioning those thoughts so of course you know it could be bad self-talk i mean i had a great um board one morning with a, a girlfriend who's absolutely gorgeous she's a partner at one of the top law firms in the city um she does corporate social responsibility work and we were talking and and i said you know oh i i got up and and you know i just I can't believe like I'm not not gonna be good enough I, I don't think I can I can do this today and and um, you know and you know I said all these all these terrible things about myself basically and you know mm-hmm. don't look any good in this stress, and you know why can't you know you get um, physical more so that you can get a better body out of that and she said who said that to you and I said oh no it was just me saying it to me and she went oh no don't talk to yourself like that and i think um we all have moments where we talk to ourselves um really negatively and it's really wise to step back and go hang on would i say that to a friend (laughs) and the answer is usually a big fat no (laughs) Mm.
0: so yeah, that voice of the inner critic is so powerful though and I think often we don't even realise we're doing it. it. It's kind of like a habit and that voice is there and it, it can hold brilliant women back from achieving big things and I think the first step is, like you said, to notice it. But then, you know, you need to reframe that thought and quieten those fears and remind yourself that, you know, you are enough. How do you how do you deal with that voice of the inner critic? I think I've lost her. Okay, I think we've lost connection with Davina. Um, for now. But thank you so much to everybody who's tuned in and everyone watching on the recording. And we will see you again next time. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.